And it's snowing outside. I know it, it's snowing. I'm here, you're here. Are we ready to rock and roll? I'm ready, buddy, let's go. All right, hey, welcome everybody. Thanks for listening in on Hanging with the Honchos with my boy DJ EJ and I'm Ryan from Detroit. What's up, DJ EJ, how you doing today? What's up, man? How are you? I'm over here drinking a Dunkin' Donuts Black Dark Roast because Starbucks is closed, but Dunkin', they don't quit. They don't quit. The world runs on Dunkin'. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. I'm drinking a Starbucks Keurig out of my favorite coffee cup, Jack Surf Shop, right here. My brother. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm plastic cup. Um, so anyways, dude, we, I, you and I, were, I, I'm totally just jumping into this because Go. I we have 30 minutes, and Go. I know we cannot contain ourselves for 30 minutes because... You and I were talking earlier about camera stuff, and we said it's got to be the topic today. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm pushing you right into it because I think we have a lot of interesting points. So why don't you kick it off with with a couple things about this whole camera discussion? All us camera nerds are gonna listen to and say, "What the heck are they talking about?" All right, should we? Okay, so we're gonna talk about the feel good of photography. But I think before we do that, let's step back as we often do. And let me talk, uh-huh. let, let me tell you about the, um, when I, the time when I hung the camera up for 10 years. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Cause I think this is where kind of all this conversation went to earlier today. So we'll let the, let the audience and uh, the listeners in on this. So, um, back in the day I ran a wedding photography business, um, started at 17, ran it until about 20, 21 years old and fell in love with the creative aspect of it. And then kind of got behind the gear in the technical side, but I shot film the whole time, sixty about 60 weddings with film. Fujifilm, baby, love that stuff. But here's the deal. Um, I was you know, developing my relationship with my wife at the time. I was developing my relationship with the Lord at the time, my faith. And I got to a point where I felt a little bit compromised. And I kind of feel like, Eric, a lot of people deal with this and they either suppress yeah. it because I know a lot of Christians that are YouTubers and vloggers. Um, and I kind of feel like they suppress it, to be honest, because I can see it in their face and sometimes hear it in the way that they talk about this stuff. Um, Gear is fun to talk about, but it ended up kind of stealing my heart away in a little bit, in, in a way. And I got to the point where I felt a little bit convicted and just prayed through it and felt like, okay, it's time to set it down. I don't want this to be a vice uh, on me and my life. I was consumed with it. So I hung the camera up for 10 years, eventually got back into some small point and shoots and eventually got some yeah. stuff that we've got today. And I love it, but I'm more focused on the creative aspect of it rather than chasing the gear. And I feel like it's a healthier relationship with cameras, as crazy as it sounds. But it sounds like you've kind of had yeah. a similar experience, right, recently. Oh, yeah. yeah you and I were talking about this earlier. I did. So, um, I mean, to your point that you made at the end of that little uh, blurb there, uh, the camera function, you know, what, it, what, what are you using it for and its purpose is more important. I think that's where we're going to take this. But to, to kind of close off on that. Yeah, man, I, I spend so much time in forums and like on YouTube videos and researching full frame versus micro four thirds versus medium format versus Fuji versus Canon versus whatever. And anybody that's had like gas syndrome totally know what I'm talking about. And two things happen from that. Three things really. One, it steals all your time away from your 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 mental time, right? From your kids, your family, and, and more importantly, like even spending that in the Lord. And then the second thing is is I spent so much time like switching gear that it's like you never really get to uh, to learn your gear and, and fit, find out the purpose of photography and then actually become a photographer instead of a gear nerd, which I think 95% of people that pick up a camera do. And the last thing is that you feel kind of guilty. Right? Like we're on a budget as a family over here. We're working through things and you're over here buying gear. And I'm making it work. I'm buying cheap and selling high and all this kind of different sure. stuff. But at some point it's like, you just need to cut it out. You just need to 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 focus on your family and let photography be 
a way for you to tell your story, either with your family or some project you want to do. And that, I think that's where you and I got into the discussion of the function or the form of the camera and why gear doesn't so much matter. Well, it does in certain ways, but it doesn't matter as much as people make it out to be um, versus like all the different things that are going on. And I'll close off by saying this because I'm going to go off on a rant on my YouTube channel yeah. about this new Canon R5 that's coming out. I don't know if you've uh, heard about it or not, but it's like the 8, <clears throat> 8K internal with autofocus, 4K, 120, dual pixel, 10-bit internal, all this stuff. I won't give it totally away. It doesn't matter. If you tell a crappy story, your story still sucks in 8K. That's all. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, totally agree. No, it's interesting you say that because I feel like for me, um, and you've known me for a long time now, but I've I've set rules kind of in my own life and, and, and sort of like boundaries that I don't ever try to cross. And I think it comes with my relationship with God or my relationship with my wife, you know, obvious things right. there. But I think it comes, I kind of adapt that to cameras adapt that to work like you and i know we've talked about things like that a lot like I, I just think differently act differently some people love it some people don't but i do the same thing with cameras and i jumped full into sony and i know you and i joke about this but i jumped full into right. sony almost three years ago because i was able to sell my old canon glass my really old yep. canon like 30d at the time and i was able to muster up 11 1200 bucks and at the time the best tech that i could get for what I was looking for, size, you know, form factor, all that was the Sony system, and the eye autofocus was huge, and we could get into that yeah. too if you want, because I used to focus recompose for 60 weddings on film, talk about sweating it out. But, um, but then I started to realize like, it really is about the story, and it's about setting up your gear to a point where it's second nature, which is what I was doing with my Canon gear back in the day, and it also kind of brings us to a funny point right now where, from the photography side, like not video, but from a photo side. I'm really a little bit uninspired and I've been kind of diving into film film cameras and I know it's kind of cliche and the timing of all of it in this hipster movement. But dude, I loved film. I was kind of kind of talked myself out of it back in the day. It's becoming a little bit more popular like a resurgence, but I'm realizing it's an experience I'm looking for with the camera yep. when I'm shooting photos that I don't get on my A6500 honestly. And uh, even though I've got this little RX100 that's been a beast pocket rocket for video, makes great photos most people could never tell the difference but dude let's talk about yeah. like experience on that and how it feels because right. this is a big deal let, for us let me let me take you down a path on what you're just talking about yeah what about it for film and i have a feeling on it and i'll answer it i guess but let me put the question in for you yeah what about it for film do you like about so much but there's nostalgia part of it i think you yep. mentioned that yep but like what else what is it i think it's the opposite of what digital is um I love to overexpose, and you know this even from my cameras. Like I love to overexpose and really push the latitude on film. Um, right. I love the fact that it does slow me down a little bit, but it's almost like um, I didn't. Every shot wasn't perfect. I couldn't make every shot perfect, right? Like if it was if it was grossly underexposed, or I was trying to do this high contrast image with some backlight and it didn't work out. It just didn't work out, and I feel like it was exciting to go through the you know, all of the photos and find the 75% of keepers that I was going to pass along. It just was, it just slowed things down. It was a different experience. It, it was about photography and creating art versus yeah. I have to document everything now. And I think that's the part that's driving me crazy about digital right now. Yeah. So I think you touched on where I'm at and I think we agree on this for film. It's the same way and I can do it for digital, but there's something about digital that like inherently makes you want to not do this, especially in like an iPhone world. But for film, for me, I can't review my photo. 
Yeah. In fact, I can't even like edit my photo, right? Like, I, and I can't. There's no instant gratification, and so the camera leaves me no choice but to simply get in the moment and think about my composition mm-hmm. and think about the story I want to tell, and that's it. Like, it doesn't let me do anything else. Now, the flip side of it is, is that you can't get the photo right away, and that it, then you can edit raw, I mean, or, or scans if you want. So there's some way to do that, and of course, you know, there's a whole um, different slew of restrictions in terms of autofocus speed and, and that kind of stuff. But it's that part of it that makes me love it. And so I focus in on the story and I focus in on my composition and how I want to tell the story. And for digital, if I'm going to bring our conversation to digital, I'm going to show you this little Olympus camera that's in my hand right here. If you guys can see this, i am let my camera focus, if it will. It's like trying to lock my face. There it goes. I have this little Olympus EM10 Mark II. I just got this. I got it on sale from Adorama for like $299 brand new with the kit lens. So you sell the kit lens, maybe it only costs you 225 bucks or something out of pocket. It's not the best camera. It's a micro four third sensor. It doesn't do auto, auto continuous autofocus for crap. And it, you know, it's an older micro four third sensor at that. And it doesn't even matter to your point about the RX 100, mm-hmm. you took pictures with that and nobody could tell. And for me, and I think this is where I want to take this conversation is this camera to me, if I were to lose it or break it, I wouldn't cry about it. Whereas if I had a $3,000, $4,000 camera in my pocket, I'd be so worried about losing it or breaking it that I wouldn't even use it. The other thing is this camera's small. So I'm gonna put a pancake, it's not on here now, it's coming tomorrow, but I'm putting a pancake lens on it so I can throw it in my jacket pocket. So now I have something that's pocketable and I don't really care about too much if it gets banged up. And that's gonna inspire me and allow me to create a lot more versus People are carrying around these big 1DX cameras and these these 5D Mark III's and other other things. Even my Panasonic G9 that I'm on now, with a decent lens on it, it doesn't fit in. A, like, I'm not taking that thing out. It's just right. too big. Right. And so I don't I don't shoot with it. And um, you, you mentioned about where you're at with, with things and uninspired. What I'm inspired to do right now is to tell stories. Right. To capture my family's moment. To tell mm-hmm. my life story through pictures. And even like do side projects. Like I want to do zines and all the different kind of stuff. And if I only print it for myself. That's fine. If I put it out there to do some kind of cause or whatever, that's even better. And I don't think it even matters. I was listening to a guy on YouTube, uh, Daniel Milner. He has He's on this channel called Advancing Your Photography. And he always talks about, he'll never tell, <clears> talk <throat> about gear, but he made one video. He shoots with the Fuji X-T2, like today. So it's not the latest. It's two yep. generations behind. Yep. With a with a with like a, a manual focus Chinese Nifty 50 knockoff. Nice. That's it. Nice. I, I think he has other lenses, but he never shoots. And that's all he shoots with. And he chose the Fuji because it felt like his old film camera. And he's like, gear doesn't matter. He's like, I belong to this group of like amazing photographers. And we've been meeting for years and years and years and years to talk about photography stuff. And we never, ever talk about gear because it's just the sign of like an amateur or crappy photographer. I love it, man. It's about the stories and your passion and your project and everything you want to tell. And I'm like, dude, like that's that's what it is. And I'll finish off. I know I've been talking a lot, but I'll finish off with yeah. this. Um, last year or two years ago, I brought a Panasonic GX85. It's a little micro four-thirds camera up north with one lens, the pancake lens uh, I was talking about. And it's all I brought with me. That's it. I couldn't do telephoto. I couldn't go wider. That was it. Dude, it was, it was the first of all, the best photo book I've put together so far. And it was my best experience because it fit my pocket. And I, and I had no option but to shoot with that lens and tell my story of that vacation for our family through that and it was my and that's how i knew like at that time like that's where i wanted to be and i was always bouncing back and forth on what camera i wanted to tell that story with but i I know that's where i need to be and i think that's what it is for film too so that was a long-winded way of just saying like those restrictions inspire me to like tell stories and see things a certain way 
Well, and I would say too, man, that's beautiful. I, I, to add on to that, I think um, when you were talking and I was thinking about film, one of the things I loved about weddings and film photography is I didn't get a second chance. Um, as crazy right. as that sounds, like I, I would set it up and it forced me to get to know my camera and use my camera to the point where I'm dialing up exposure comp and dialing it down, right? I'm rating film at 320, that's 400 speed to get those those milky highlights and overexpose it a bit, right? Pull up the shadows. Like I'm doing all that. As soon as I load it in the camera, then I'm not thinking about it anymore. And I don't have right. to go and post-process. Look, I, I worked at a photo lab for a year during my wedding photography days, actually. I wanted the experience. I needed a job part-time. So I did it like nights and weekends, essentially. And I would density and color correct all these different you know, photos coming in, whether it were portrait sessions or baby sessions or weddings. Um, and honestly, like I, I gained the experience, but it wasn't my favorite part. Like the best right. part for me is taking the shot, seeing it on print or film or on screen and then sharing it with the world. Like that's it. So I never wanted to become a post-processor. And that's, you know, this about my video work too, dude. Like I find ways to get it set up straight out of camera. So I don't even have to color grade because to see a muted photo come out or a muted video come out that's gonna get bumped up and the curves are gonna get shifted around in digital, like that's not me. That's not the way I think. People call right. me crazy, you know this, like I dial my camera into black and white mode so I purposely can't change it back to color, right? Like even though it would make sense to shoot everything in color and just go and, that's not me. So for me, it's just a real experience that came from my film days. Um, and I think what that brings me to the next conversation is you know, film cameras, the nostalgia of that, and where I know it's a movement right now, but the kind of that movement and the conversation around it kind of pushed me back to it a little bit, which I'm loving. Um, and I'll, I'll pull out a camera here in a second, my Minolta. But the second thing is it's driving me to a new purchase. My birthday's coming up and uh, I'm going to find a way to spend some money. And again, do that whole like trick yourself, box yourself in, not going to go and spend a thousand yeah. bucks, like find something super used that's older. But dude, like if you look at this Minolta right here, this Hymatic AF2, cool story. I was in Chicago for a work trip. I literally, I made a video about this and it was kind of funny because I like to challenge myself and be funny about things. But I walked like two miles in the rain in my like dress shoes and my suit jacket to a thrift store before hitting a plane. And thank you, Lord. He always does find a way to bless, man. Like they said, no, yeah. cameras, we just sold them all last night. Somebody came and took them all. And I found the Samsung or Samsonite bag. I was like, hey, what's that? And behind the counter, pulled it open. And it was this, this Minolta Hymatic F2. Been shooting Fuji film. The results coming out of it are exactly what I like. It's kind of the feel of it. The size of it's a little boxy, but it's a little bit nostalgic. So all I'll say right. is this has pushed me. Um, it's inspired me to go and take photos versus just all my video work on this A6500 or this RX100, I'm not inspired. It's inspired me to take photos and what it has done, which is where we'll lead into, and I know you're gonna be like, dude, I told you, but it really makes me want to uh, get into like a Fuji X100 yeah. um, with the color scheme of that. I mean, you know all the specs that you can rattle off, dude, to help me out, but I just think Fuji straight out of camera colors really matches the Fuji emulations on the film side. Um, and the nostalgia of it, the size of it, everything's pocketable. It's just exactly what I think I'm looking for in the experience of taking photos on digital Yeah. Um, to mimic my film experience. What do you think about that? No, the X100 is exactly that, right? you got a fixed focal length 23 f2 lens. That's a 35 millimeter equivalent, which I think you and I both agree, somewhere between 28 and 40 is probably the best spot to be for 
one lens to tell a story somewhere in there. Right, it's got an f2 aperture and an APS-C sensor, so you can get enough bokeh if you're close enough. Yep. Um, it's it's got this like form factor that your Hymatic has in a way, right? So it's not too big, and it's got like these film controls and dials. Fuji's fantastic. I love I love Fuji. Um, I think they make they make the best APS-C camera out there. In fact, I'll even say like I think they are probably the best camera company out there. A lot of people will freak out and say no way. I get it. But they have the APS-C unlock, and then they skipped. Full frame because they don't want to compete in that space and get again and they're in medium format. And I think you're, I think as like things progress down the road and cameras camera sales uh, contract. Yep. That's you're going to see people shoot medium format. I'd love that. And like APS-C. I love right. That. But anyways, I, I digress. I'm with you on that. I'm shooting micro four thirds right now, um, and there's reasons for it. But Fuji is one of my favorite favorite companies, and uh, it is for the film emulations. You can re- literally put that thing on Acros. Um, you can put it on uh, classic Chrome or Velvia or whatever, and you can get a fantastic image. I'm a, you can't see it because we're we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. But I'm holding this up right here. This is a picture. This is a picture of my family. I shot this on a Fuji XT3. I no longer have my XT3, which that's a different story. I'll, actually, I'll touch on that in a second. Yeah. But this was straight out of camera, and this picture is fantastic. Um, I remember that. It looks lo- looks really great. Uh, and there's and the, actually why I like it so much is a story behind it. It's it's my family, my 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 wife's family, and then it's my um, mother-in-law's like long lost son um, that was reunited. I don't know if I even told you a story, right? Yeah. But if I didn't, I could. It's a crazy story. Um, I ended up getting rid of the Fuji um, because for me, when I'm shooting video stuff or things I'm doing, I needed IBIS and I needed a flip screen, and so I'm shooting on a G9 with Leica lenses, which I think looks fantastic as well. Great quality, but dude. Going. Oh yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah. But if I were to go back, like if this, this Olympus is a $300 camera. But if and when I have the time to, the money, to spend on a more expensive camera that does what this does, I would look at the X100 series. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and X100F or 100V or whatever, and you just put it in your pocket and you go. And I don't, I don't ever want to treat my camera like it's some kind of crown jewel. Like I want to just have an Omni and bang it around and not care about it. And I think that's why I'm so turned on to a cheap camera that, that still serves its purpose. But um, no, Fuji's a fantastic company. I think they're killing it more than anybody right now. Um, obviously, Canon's now trying to win the spec war, which I think you and I would agree that doesn't matter so not much. Not interested, yeah. Not, not interested. I actually, I'm not interested. Like, I like talking about it because I like geeking out on tech stuff. Yep. But like in reality, I know if I, it was a big brick and it has these massive lenses, which I know it does, and like it's shooting 8K or shooting like 14, 16 bit, whatever, it, it just. It doesn't matter. It you know, doesn't matter. You know what? I, I got to say this. I got to jump because you brought something to mind that we talked about earlier and it's right down the down the path that we need to head. So when you start chasing specs and you're chasing gear based on specs, oh, you end up spending... It's never good enough. No, but you end up spending thousands of dollars and you and I talked about the X100 earlier. Like, could I technically afford a $1,000, $1,200 brand new X100V or whatever they're on? Like, yeah, I could make it work. Like, I could go figure out a way to make it work. But there's sure. something that comes along with that. Now it's the latest tech. I got to have this. Like it's it's yes. the best. What about the next one? Then you get in this whole like mode of like the gas syndrome, right. we call it, right? But you get into this whole thing. And for me, when I talk about X100, I'm looking at like the third version, X100T, because the price point's there. If you find a good used deal on it, it has enough of the features that I'm looking for. I think it's got some right. really good face recognition and the S didn't have it. But here's the thing, man. And you and I talked about this. At three, four hundred bucks, four fifty. For that type yeah. of camera, like now I don't care about the quirks of the camera because I know I didn't pay a thousand bucks for it. I'm going to work around exactly. those quirks, but it's the experience. Again, like, dude, this Hymatic Minolta, 
it's point and shoot basically. I rate the film. It does have this, you know, this uh, the rating here that on the ISO setting, so I'm rated at 320, which I love. But other than that, you're going to point and you're going to shoot. You're going to focus, recompose. It doesn't really work that well. I I understand it because I literally found this at the thrift store for 30 bucks. Beautiful condition for 30 bucks. Really thankful. But it's the same thing on the X100. If I know what I'm getting myself into. Um, similar to my RX100 that I used, that I got for less than half the price of what it used to go for new because I got it used. It's okay if it's done, you know, has some dings. It's okay if there's some quirks to it. It's about the experience and like re rekindling that excitement of photography and not really worried about now I've got the best Fuji camera that they, you know, that they just put out. Like I'm, I never want to chase that stuff, man. I want to make my own memories with this gear versus anything else. I'll say two things. Um, that you just touched on. One, you make a fantastic point. When you buy a camera and you concede to its imperfections and you concede to it not being the latest tech because you know what your intended purpose for it's gonna be, I think that's what, like how you start winning. It's liberating. If you buy a camera because you're like, oh my gosh, it has 422 10-bit internal and it shoots 28 frames a second with continuous autofocus and blah, 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 as if somehow that's gonna make you a better, better videographer or better photographer, and then like literally two months later, the next brand comes out with something slightly better, right? Oh, that has uh, CF Express cards in it now. That's, that writes faster. Yep. Like you're, you're never satisfied. You're never satisfied. And I'm, I'm a transition this to my YouTube channel because sure. I, I'm like an embarrassment, dude. I'm a joke because I've no. done this for like <laughs> two years and I've like reached this understanding um, in my photography chase or whatever. And so I know now what's important to me and what I like and what I don't like. And I've chased gear forever. So if you went to my YouTube channel, you would realize how many times, how many cameras I've used and switched. It's like 30. It's insane. Uh, it's embarrassing, like I said. But the thing that really kind of ticks me off is like now that I want to take my channel to this path of uh, focusing on projects and other things and still touch on gear here and there, I know my, my, my subscriber count and my YouTube count, or like watch count, is going to go way down. Sure. Um, at least for the team time being, because YouTube is a search engine. And it people is. go in and they're searching, what's the best camera? Or, and then they start going out like, you know, best autofocus, compare these two cameras and all this different stuff. And my YouTube channel, which I don't even put any effort into, has grown to like 800 and something subscribers, 800 subscribers because of that. Yeah. And like, it's, it's embarrassing. You know, it's, it's like, and I feel like I'm doing such a disservice and not only to myself, but the people that watch it. Cause like, Oh, thank you so much for put, comparing these two. And it's like, yeah, you're welcome. I had the same question. So I'm glad that benefited you, but it probably doesn't really matter unless you know exactly what you need to do with it and what you're going to use it for. Um, totally. so yeah, I just, it, the, the gear stuff is like 90% of people that are, are interested in photography are amateurs concerned about gear. And I think hitting this point, not that I say I'm a pro, it's just I know now, like I know, I've known for a while that the chasing of the latest and greatest just, just sucks away the enjoyment that can come out of it. It sure does, man. And, and, and getting behind some older gear that works, like it worked for you three years ago and it worked really well. It's like, got to work. Why doesn't it work it's now? It's got to work. Right, yeah. Right. Um, and that's my thing. Like photography didn't change that much. Like you can still take photos. Unless right. your old camera couldn't keep up with like some new gig that you got as a sports photographer then there's interest there's a reason to look for sure but pictures haven't changed man like no. pictures a picture no and there's some there i don't want to say you know like like the old uh what do they call like the holgas and all those other toy cameras and things <laughs> like i get it like i'm a little it's i'm a little over that but um i mean you can see right here like i got one of these on my desk the canonet right the ql the ql 17 sweet camera sweet camera 
I love it. I'm thankful I found it for 15 bucks. Wasn't working. Got it reworking, opened it up, and got the shutter and all that stuff working. But here's the thing. Great camera. Probably won't get rid of it unless I really want to fund something else because I like shooting with it. But the rangefinder style is cool. I mean, I, I know it's a little bit, you know, depending on if you zone focus, I like to shoot a lot wide open because I like portraits and things like that. People shots um, pretty wide open. Um, it takes a lot of getting used to on the rangefinder side. So honestly, right. as crazy as this sound, people are going to shoot me for this or yell at me. This Minolta Hymatic that's fully auto, um, that does a great job metering, by the way, in camera versus my Canonette, much different camera. This one's 43 years old. This one's like um, 35 years old, 32 years old. I actually <laughs> prefer the cheaper Minolta from a shooting experience over the Canonette um, simply because the Canonette on the metering is shutter priority and this other one doesn't let you choose. So I can't choose aperture priority. You can fool it with an ND filter and knock down some of the light, but it's just, it comes down to the experience. And I almost, mm -hmm. you and I were talked about this a little bit ago. I got on a tangent last week. I almost went out to buy the small Olympus Epic, you know, Mew 2 point and shoot, but they're like 350 bucks. They're so over, over, uh, extended Price. on cost right now, overpriced. Um, and I backed up and I was like, what do I really want out of all this? Which is what I've done often. And it's, I want the experience that I've had shooting film. And if I can do it with digital, all the better, because it's going to cost me nothing once I have the camera and I can create more, right? Versus having to wait for everything. I'll still shoot, yep. still shoot film in parallel, but that's really what it comes down to when you really break it down and get away from the emotion. I want, I want that experience in, in, uh, in, in creating those types of photographs, the ones that I like to make especially portraiture. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. Like I said, I'm waiting for this pancake lens to come in and I'm going to put this on this Olympus right here. I'm going to put it um, in my pocket and I'm going to, I'm going to start documenting a lot of COVID related stuff. And my goal is to make a zine that I can sell for and sure. all the profits go to like, you know, supporting somebody. And Very I'm cool. so focused on that. And I know bringing this big G9, I say big, it's micro fourth's camera, but it's like the biggest micro fourth's camera out there. Um, taking that bigger camera, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get the photos I needed because I wouldn't be able to bring it everywhere that I need to. It's exactly and so from right. that perspective, that's where gear does matter, right? Yeah. Like, okay, now if you if you're gonna like be walking around every day with your family and bringing this into grocery stores and and retail stores and whatever, and you walking around with a big DSLR around your shoulder is not reasonable, then I say it matters. But like you're talking about 12 stops of dynamic range versus 13 and a half. Yeah. Who, who the heck cares, dude? Like, oh, 20 frames a second versus 18? Oh, it's, that's that's slightly better. Like, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. No, and you make a really solid point. Like, if you're not going to bring the camera with you, you're not going to be able to create the memory, right? Like, when I look at yeah. photographs, I remember the emotion, the memory of my family and, like, the, the, the you know, the trips that we've taken, the vacations. But oftentimes when we travel, I want great quality. So my bigger camera stays, you know, comes with us and then it's a hassle, right? So yes. you're not gonna be able to look at that photo and be like, oh, it was awesome. And I and remember that experience. You won't create those experiences or document them and, and create art around them as much if you don't have a camera that really makes you, inspires you to do that. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm after. I think that's what everyone's sort of 100%. after, but they, they get caught up in the, in the mix yeah. of uh, equipment, which, hey, I'm saying that, man, like I got one camera I'm recording on. I got three cameras on my desk here. Like I get it, but um, part of that's the film stuff too. Like I've had the digital well, for three years. That experience and all the cameras I've been through. I, I should send you the list so you can put it in editing here. But um, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's insane. 
It's insane. Dude, by the way, uh, we have two minutes until the shutoff time on the camera. We have 30 minute record limits. Oh my gosh, I need to buy a GH5 on limited record time. I can't do it. Oh, no, I'm joking. It, that, um, that's exactly what people do though. It's so funny. Yeah, I know. So but yeah. anyways, it keeps our keeps our podcast at 30 minutes. So, so yeah, officially, man, like if things work out, I may be shooting Fuji here in a few weeks. And uh, I haven't done that since like the F10 point and shoot. Which was terrible experience, Sony. by the way. But yeah, <laughs> I'm not getting rid of my stuff, man. I, I need it for this, right? Like for all our video all right. work. But uh, all right, no, man. Um, any, anything to add? Anything closing on your end? No, that's it. I would say um, the joy of photography really is telling stories, and so find the gear that you'll bring with you and that you can use. And I would say constraints or limits are actually sometimes a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, don't don't get lost carrying eight lenses and a big camera bag. That's stupid. Unless you need them, like for a purpose you know about, and and go tell your story and print. I would say print, man. I would say print. I agree. Oh, yeah. I love it. And if you guys have questions on photography, on cameras, you can ask Eric or I ping us uh, or hit us up in the comments below. And with that, so we can beat this thirty-minute time limit, we will wrap it. Thanks for everything. Thanks for all the support, guys. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. So with that, honcho me, bro. What? Oh,